a kingdom of priests. We're going to talk about the royal priesthood today. I'm excited about this, but on the way this morning, I knew I was going to open with this verse, and it says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel your the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit of promise. I'm not sure that I've ever discussed about triune man. And we're going to talk about the priesthood, about the spirit, about the baptism, about being born again. And a lot of you, I'm not sure, understand the different parts of our body and how we were made and how we were born and how we are when we're born again. The triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit created a triune man. We're spirit, we are soul, and we're a body. And But we were born spiritually dead because of the rebellion in the garden. And we always tend to blame Eve, but it was Adam that was given the task to guard the garden. He should have not allowed a silver-tongued serpent into the garden to deceive his wife. So, men, we tend to look at our women and hold them responsible. They were the one that made the decision. But that serpent should not have been there in the garden to begin with. If there's a silver-tongued serpent in your garden, I would highly recommend you remove him out. Just a little counsel of wisdom from an old, old soldier. I have seen some silver-tongued Serpents come try to get into my garden. I didn't like it, and I removed them. And I highly suggest you do the same. But anyway, we were created. We were created. Uh, 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 we were created in the original, uh, a living spirit, a body, and a soul. And the soul was created eternal, eternal soul. That that's man's problem. We were created a living soul, but we had died spiritually. But it tells us in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, that the last Adam came a life-giving spirit, Jesus Christ, that in him we may be renewed in that spirit. We may be born again, alive in the spirit, sealed with that promise of what is yet to come, a redemption of our bodies, eternal life, with him, but there already is eternal life. We were born a living soul, dead spiritually, but a living soul. All, all the creations of God, all men, all women, all human beings will live eternally either before God or eternal punishment. You need to make sure today that you have been born again. We must be born again. Our spirits must be quickened alive. These souls, to be led in the Spirit and by the Spirit as a Christian, because it's only the Spirit-led life that works, if you're being led by the flesh and in the flesh, by the body, then you're doomed for eternal damnation. If we're spiritually led, and I mean the Spirit of God, there's more than one Spirit. We need to test the spirit and know that there's one spirit. There is one God. 
the Shema of, of Israel, of the Jews, and Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5 says, there, Hear, O Israel, there is one God. There is one God. And he, he, and he is over. This God has made the, the spirit and the body and the soul. There's one God, and he created man as spirit, body, and soul. I believe it says spirit, soul, and body. A lot of these new translations now say uh, spirit, uh, soul, and mind. The body is not the mind. The mind is within our soul. The soul is what tells us what to do, what not to do. For a spirit-led and fed life, our spirit directs our, our soul. We are spiritually led. We walk in obedience to the spirit or obedience to the body. Obedience to the flesh is death. But obedience to the spirit of the living God that has borne us again, that has given us his divine gift of the Holy Spirit, this baptism from on high of the spirit fed of, of the spiritual baptism that we can have the gift of other tongues and these other miracle gifts. It's an empowerment from on high. It is not salvation. It's a second work. We're born again and quickened alive and, and have been saved when our spirit is brought, is quickened alive by his spirit. We are baptized in the Holy Spirit when that spirit comes upon us. It happened very strongly with me and, and when I was baptized, I remember coming up out of the water as Jesus, as a dove came to rest upon him. He was, he had never sinned, so his spirit was alive to begin with. But the baptism, the spirit that came upon him, it led him, it empowered, it led him into the wilderness where he overcame all of the lies of the devil that came to tempt him and he came up in the power of the spirit out of the wilderness to begin to work miracles. This is a progress and a step within our faith. This is what we all should be experiencing. I don't believe the reason I'm sharing this today because I got up uh, and the Lord was dealing with me about the body. My pants a little tight this morning. (laughs) I need to discipline that. I need to allow the spirit working through my mind to say, whoa, uh, I maybe need to discipline my flesh to that I don't uh, eat too many raisin cakes. And I'm, I'm, I, I, this, this body has been entrusted to me by God. I know many of you have tattoos. It's a kind of a cool thing. It is not of God. In Leviticus, the 19th chapter, the 28th verse, it says, do not make cuts in your body. For This was not my message, but I feel like I'm supposed to share this. Do not make cuts. Do not make marks on your body. Do not take tattoos. It's part of the Levitical law. Leviticus 19.28. But there is so much of the Levitical law that we all have broken, even the Big Ten. Jesus Christ said this, to love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and all of your body, all of your body, and to love your neighbor, you have fulfilled the law. We're going to talk about this priesthood under this relationship of love. 
which is the fulfillment Paul teaches us and show, tells us. In, in Romans 13, it talks about the love being the fulfillment of the law in, in chapter 5 also, Romans. But the whole, whole thing is that in this love relationship is the fulfillment of the law, and this comes with that quickening of the spirit, the spirit of love. God is love. Hallelujah. And he comes and quickens us and births us again into his kingdom where he rules and reigns over what? Our souls and our bodies. Now, as he leaves, our soul, our minds, our very being, this eternal being, must obey to that guidance because it's reckoned to us under our obedience to his leading, not to his law. To the, It's a spirit-filled, led life. It's not about the law. It's about life, and that's what the priesthood is about. And we're going to share and talk about all this. But you need to understand, first, you must be born again. And second, you must submit this soul that tells this flesh what to do, where these feet should go and where these feet should not go. They should not turn into that wicked woman's door. It's a way of death. They should, this tongue, it tells this tongue. I have a hard time with my tongue. I tend to it tends to flop too much, and I'm trying to guard it, and I ask God help me, and I, hopefully he's helping me. And we have to guard these things. This tongue is part of my body. It only speaks with my soul, my mind, with my mind it, 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 it tells it to, except for one occasion. There is only one occasion that your soul doesn't control the body, that your spirit does. When is it that the spirit actually controls your body? It's speaking with other tongues because the mind, the soul is not fruitful. It is the spirit speaking. And Jude 20 tells us to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the spirit. We, we don't understand in the mind, but it is the prayer of, of God, of the spirit. Praying using our own tongue. It controls. I, when God baptized me in the Holy Spirit, I didn't even know about tongues. The power of God hit me, knocked me across the room. I saw a vision of the nations. I believe today I, I think I could see Africa and maybe even South America. I could, I, I, I saw the world and I knew that God had called me to the nations of the world to be a witness, to, to be, a, to share this gospel, this good news. And, and as I went along, I realized to be his teacher also. So I'm sharing with you today that I lay there with this suddenly something had a hold of my tongue. It wasn't me. And I heard this language coming out of me as I was seeing this vision. And like I'd been plugged into an electrical outlet as God was, he was healing my mind and my body and delivering me from drug Abuse and alcoholism and all of these demonic, I, I met, bet devils, <laughs> hell out, filled up that day because there's a lot to come out of me. And God delivered me and I was speaking in another language and no one had to tell me that was God's language. I did not know about tongues. I knew that all I knew that God had, had delivered me had saved me, had sealed me, and had baptized me from on high with his Holy Spirit, not only in me, but on me. And I've been following Christ. It's been a little bouncing along, and I've learned. But what I know is that he's entrusted this body with me. When he has planted in me that Logos seed, 
And and I'm that logos seed is is the logos, the the living word of God, Jesus Christ. His seed is implanted within all of us. And when that trumpet sounds, if that seed is what's going to bring this body up out of the grave or out of the sea or wherever it is, this seed, that seed that is implanted in all of us that have been born again with what raised this body, hallelujah, transformed into his image. But guess what? It's this body. Look in the, you want to see what you're going to look like in heaven? Look in the mirror. I know it's, we're going to be changed. But each and every one of us, I married identical twins. And they used to say in the early days, how do you tell them apart? When you get to know somebody really well, you, it's like day and night. God knows us. And even with identical twins, there is an individuality that is only individual to each and every one of us. All the humans created over all the time are very much individuals. And they will all stand before God. They all will. Every, every single living human created in his image will kneel and will bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. This happens in a very instant. God is the God of, God of time. When the Father comes and all things are made new, he bring, he has new Jerusalem made new. We'll talk about these things. I, I'm, people don't understand heaven, don't understand resurrection, doesn't understand judgment. Today I'm supposed to be talking about, about the priesthood. But you can't understand the priesthood without understanding the spirit, without understanding this body that is yielded to him, that we, we serve him with sacrifices. That if you are a priest, what does the priest does? He ha- he makes sacrifice. He gives offerings, and we need to understand what is acceptable offerings. And the first thing that is acceptable is what comes out of our tongue, or off out of our mouth. Is it controlled by the spirit, or is it controlled by the flesh? You know to go to ba 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 ba. That's flesh. Or I weren't speaking to tongues, and I was just trying to try to uh, emin- emulate or uh, cop or fake cursing or whatever comes out of a man's mouth that comes from the flesh. It's not of the spirit. But unless you've been born again, you cannot be spiritual, spiritually led. And if you really want to pray the mind of God, you get baptized on high that you can speak in other tongues. And the spirit will actually pray through you with your own tongue. And that's the only time that what comes out of our mouth is not from our soul. Our spirit, because it is our soul that controls all of our flesh. If you go somewhere, it's because you went there. Nobody drug you. No, I mean, they, if they did, they kidnapped you. But it's a choice that we made. We have this freedom of choice and we will answer for, for the action and how we took care of this body that has been entrusted with us. Now I mentioned about tattoos and it's cool. Listen, there's a mark. Nobody's going to put a mark on me. There's a mark of the beast that's coming and no chips going in me, no marks, nothing in my right hand, nothing on my forehead. There are no marks going on me. I have reserved that place to be in, in Revelations 22, verse 4. It says that and we'll stand before God and he'll write his name on our foreheads. We, I'm going to be sealed with God. I'm God's. My name. I have a new name, but it'll be this body. 
I don't know that I understand. There won't be no sickness, won't be no what, but you need to care for your body. It, it's very, it, it's God, he formed it. God is the one that formed you in the womb. He's proud of his creation. Don't disfigure it. If you destroy this body, the word says, he will destroy you. So if you, if you got a tattoo, it is not a sin unto death. There's many of us done much, much worse things. God's great. Just quit marking up your body. Save it for God. And for Lord, I say, save it for it. He just wants to write his name on that. Leave a little room for God to, to seal you. Okay. We talked about the spirit. We talked about the body. We've talked about the flesh, which we must rule and reign over. But we also need to guard it. We need to care for it. We don't need to be addicted to raising cakes or walking after their own gods, other gods. We need to guard this body. We don't need to go bow down in those theaters of this garbage. People put their mind, put, soak their mind in with all the violence and sex and the cursing and all. I mean, it, they're, and be defiled in our minds. Don't defile your spirit. Don't guard your bodies, guard your minds. That, that's the decision of our own soul, our own minds. We are to be spiritually minded. To be spiritually minded, we must be born again. And we need to know him. And I highly recommend if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you receive it simply by faith. Ask in the name of Jesus. You ask anything of the Lord, he won't give you a snake, will he? He'll give you the spirit. He'll give you the spirit. He will bless you. He will teach you. He will guide you. I was that drug addict, alcoholic, destroyed whatever I was. I wasn't much. And God picked me up off the streets. And he healed me. And he's kept me in spite of me. And and I, I, I'm so delighted to be able to stand here. So that tattoo won't send you to hell. Just quit marking up your body now that you know that you're supposed to guard it for God. It's his body. He, he's proud of that body. He loves that body. He loves that soul within. And it's his spirit that's there, so I know he loves that. Let us walk in the spirit. Let us walk in the fullness of the spirit. Let's be able to yield our tongues to his spirit occasionally and pray the mind of Christ, the mind of God, and not our own. That's important. Jude 20 said, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. I can pray all day. I have no idea. But I know that spirit is praying through me. I received this in 1974. And a Methodist parsonage. God changed that, brought a, brought revival into that church. It was it was amazing how God just moved in. But we, I didn't even know about all of this. I did not know. But you know, he he knew me. He called me. He found me. But I had enough knowledge to call this minister, Sidney Epperson. I love you. I appreciate your faithfulness to God. We've gone separate ways over all of these years. But you you came and got me, and you brought me to your house. And it was, it was when the Holy Spirit came to that house, it changed your lives, our lives, everybody's lives. It changed that church. And it's still changing all of us. 
And I'm thankful, thankful for men of God that have served God, that have sought to obey him. I love those men in my life. The man that was sent that day to pray for me, I, I leave here and I'm going to speak at his, he, he, at his funeral. And, uh, and it's heavy on my heart. How do you, how do you honor a man that through his obedience for now, almost 50 years, 40, 20, I mean, I don't, almost 50 years has changed my life and, 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 and probably millions of others. I have no idea. I don't count, but I've been on international television and hundreds of nations for years and years. And I believe God has used some of that, even as he's using this today. Because a couple of men, that Methodist minister that went and got me, and this other traveling evangelist that obeyed God and followed him home from the post office. And here I stand today. There's spiritual fathers. I had many. Demon Shakarian was a spiritual father of mine. Miss Frida Lenz at Christ for the Nations, a spiritual mother. All of these men of God. Mark Rutland showed me what it was, the excellence of a teacher. Dr. Mark Rutland, a good friend. Mark, I love you if you ever happen to see this. I appreciate all these men and what all they have sown into my life that I may stand here today and share the truth, his word, that you may be spiritually revived, that you may be physically revived. He has bore your sickness and diseases. We talked about this divine exchange that you, he was rejected that you may be accepted. He was forsaken of God. It broke his heart. His heart was shredded, it tells us in Psalm 69. Shredded. My heart is that you know him and that you know him, the power of his resurrection. I will not get this message done today. I just wanted, if I don't, we'll do it the next, <laughs> we'll do it. You need to guard all that God has entrusted you with. That, that is your spirit. We want to make sure that we use this authority we have in him to keep these other spirits at bay in his name. Get out of here. Get out of here. Be, don't be spiritually defiled. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. If he came and tested Jesus, he certainly will test us. But Jesus just used the word of God against him. As I get out of here, devil, I know better. I know his word. I know the authority I have in his name. I know whose I am. I will not, you, you could, you, I will not receive any accusation you may. It's a lie. Some of those things might have once been true. But today, I'm a son of God. Hallelujah. And I walk, and I'm here, and to tell you, I want you to walk in that same freedom and life and peace and hope that I do because I've been quickened alive. This body has been energized at 70 years old. I do. I feel good. I walk in divine health. I plan to be here at his call whenever he, he wants. I share all this that you will know him too. And, and, and that, that allow him to keep your body. This is his temple, his dwelling place. We're his body. Allow him to keep it. Quit trying to manipulate it with all of these pills and medicines and any kind of fake ad they run by you on the Internet. Anyway, trust God. 
in Ephesians 1.13, in him you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. The promise, Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, which make mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. May the God, how do we do The spirit, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, the spirit, the true knowledge of God. In Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart be opened so that you will be, know what the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Hallelujah. John 5.13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you may know that you have eternal life that you may know that you have eternal life. John said in 17, 3, this is eternal life, that you know him, the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. In that, in knowing him, there's wisdom, there's help, there's life, there's peace, there's righteousness. In the kingdom of God, there's righteousness, there's life, peace, joy, help, Prosperity, abundance, freedom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abiding in him and he abiding in me. Praise his holy name. First Corinthians 2, 7. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, they still don't understand. For if they would have understood, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They messed up big time. They took a righteous man down into Hades. But just as it is written, things which the eye has not seen or ear has not heard, and and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those that love him. In verse 10, for to us, God revealed them in the spirit. So what I'm trying to explain to you, all of this that I can barely comprehend or even if I can comprehend it all, but God has revealed these things to us. His plans, his priesthood, this opportunity to be a son, one of his sons, all of those that love him, 21-7, they shall be his sons. Galatians 3 26, and you all are sons. We have this opportunity that our elder brother, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, to always be present with him as he sits at the right hand of God when he turns his kingdom over to God. We're going to talk about judgments, I believe, tomorrow. I don't know if I can get to it. I don't know if I'm going to get through with this. I'm wanting to preach today. For who among you knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man? which is in him. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God. That you cannot know God unless you have the Spirit of God. And you can't have the Spirit of God unless you've been born again. 
and you have to choose to be spiritually led. And in our obedience, guess what? You get more, more. As you obey, God, you open up this funnel. <laughs> God, like me this morning, I'm wanting to preach the whole Bible this morning. It's like, Lord, how do you preach the priesthood of Melchizedek, which we are, which is based on an indestructible life without preaching this life, this life in the spirit, this life in health and abundance and freedom and peace. Not that there's not battles. I had a battle every day. I, I got, but I, I've seen that before, devil. <laughs> there's no fear. There's no fear in love. No fear. Fear is a tormentor. I have love himself with me. I have that which overcame the law, that fulfilled the law. Love, love, that one word, love, fulfilled the law. We'll talk about that later in all of this. 1 Corinthians 2.12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Do you know? And if you know, do you have them? Do you walk in them? It's through obedience. It's obedience unto righteousness. And, and guess what? In righteousness, there is. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are in the kingdom of God. And this kingdom is not, not, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not meat or drink. It's not what we eat or what we drink. It's not about the law. It's about this kingdom of God. It's not about meat and drink. It's about righteousness, right relationship, peace, and joy. Romans 14, 17, I believe. Anyway, 2 Corinthians 13, 2, 13. I'm going to preach today. Y'all have to put up with me. I'm excited. This word is exploding all in my, all in me. So I'm going to keep reading here so I don't get too far off. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the spirit, combine spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. If we really want to know him, we need to know his spirit because that is he. It is he in me. Not I, but he. I died that he may live. And he now directs me, but I have to choose that soul, that mind. The new, new translation are trying to separate mind from soul. The soul is the very being who I am. And, and it's, it's, it's in the soul, somewhere in the lower parts down here, down around my midst. The spirit, it's quick and alive. I know the body. It's, it's, I had to battle it all the time. So I, I definitely know the body. I know the flesh. And, and, but I rule over it through the strength of the spirit in me. But I have to decide because I don't even have the power in my own flesh. I have the power in the spirit to overcome my own flesh by coming in agreement with God's word that I can. I can't do anything. Without the Lord Jesus that resides and reigns in me by his Holy Spirit. I've got him within me. I have him on me. This gift here today, if you, if, if this looks like a gift to you that God gives me this word, that's a gift that God has placed on my life. It's a calling. He has separated me here. Give me opportunity to share this with the whole world in such a time as this, which is a dark time. There's a deep darkness on the world. There, God is going to use these messages and raise up young soldiers out there, young men and young women, children of God, to share the light in the midst of a dark and evil world. 
because it's getting darker and darker. We are coming through a pandemic right now and getting on the backside. It's just the beginning of birth pains. All this modern technologies, all these nations gearing up for war, gearing up. Same old, same old. It's, it's a, it's definitely a curse. Second Peter 1 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Hallelujah. He's granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. His precious and magnificent promises. How? How have we been granted this divine power and nature of God? Through what? His precious promises. Where are those? In the scripture. So if we understand his promises and by faith, we can even be partakers of his divine nature, a taste of sonship, knowing that one day we're going to be like him. We'll know as we're known. We'll be transformed in his image. We'll be a son of God. We will always be with our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God and the, the judge of all things and all people. We will talk about, I believe, I'm not sure where I get all these things, how they're coming about. They're coming. In Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish and the sea and over the birds over the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over the creeping things that creep on the earth. Are you ruling? We should be in Christ Jesus. When Christ who is our life, Colossians 3, 4, is revealed, then you also will revealed in him in glory. Psalms 110, 1. God the Father will take care of the light and the Lord will say to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make thy enemies a footstool. God the Father will take care of this fight. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. That, that's the king. We're called as both priests, kings and priests. And we're to rule as priests. We're to worship. And we're to perform sacrifices, acceptable spiritual sacrifices. As kings... We should be ruling with his scepter, with the rod, the name of Jesus. We have all authority over all things. In the name of Jesus, we should be ruling and not being ruled. And I think that's what I'm trying to get to here. Stretch forth the strong scepter, the rod. Moses had that rod, the rod of God. It threw it down, came a snake. We know the, 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 the witch, witches, whatever, or the, they, they, they could do the same. But the rod of God, it, it ate their two snakes. And when he picked it up, guess what? It was even stronger than ever. <laughs> it, 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 it had gotten fat. <laughs> anyway, Psalm, that's a little, supposed to be a little humor there. Uh, but, but the rod of God is all, has all authority. And how did Moses held that rod and the split, seas, Red Sea split. They walked across on the land. Our rod is the name of Jesus. Use the rod. Rule amidst the enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power and holy array from the womb of dawn. Your youth are to you as the dew. The Lord has sworn and not changed his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. 
Now, we're going to learn what that order is because he was both king and priest. And Jesus, the Messiah, was both king and priest. Uh, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out the bread and the wine. Now, he was a priest of God most high. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham, God of most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed the God most high, and he was delivered from your enemies into your hand. He gave a tenth of all. The king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give the people to me and take goods for yourself. Listen to this. The Lord Jesus did this too. He rejected man. But, but Abraham, he, he accepted the gift of Melchizedek because it was a righteous gift. He did because he was both priest and king. The king of Sodom offered all these things. And Abraham says, no, before God, I swore I'd not take anything. Are you only taking from from that which is God sent, or are you just taking anywhere you can get and what you can get and not guarding? uh, Sometimes people tend to want to purchase their way into something or buy their way in. There, there's offerings that you need to reject. You need wisdom of God. We, we live in the Spirit. God tells us when, no, just because one comes bearing gifts don't always mean you're supposed to accept those gifts because in sometimes you have sold your soul. I'm just sharing this. Just be careful. Just because somebody shows up bearing gifts doesn't always mean that this is God. Amen? Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high of heaven and earth that I will not take a thread or a sandal or a thong or anything that is yours. For the fear you may say, I have made Abraham rich. And and in a way he might have. He might have made Abraham rich. But Abraham would not take it because he did not want man. It was not a godly offering to him. This hope, Hebrews 6, 19, this hope we have as an anchor of our soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and watch we enter into the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner, but having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek, both king and priest. In Hebrews 7, 1, for Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings, blessed him, to whom also Abraham appointed a tenth of all the spoils, who was first of all by translation of his name, king of righteousness. His name meant king and righteousness, Melchi and Zazedek. And then also king of Salem, which is king of peace. And Psalms 2, 1, why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Remember, sometimes when things uh, seem like the world is threatening you, Remember who you belong to. You don't belong to them. Uh, then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, 
I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. They can claim all they want to. That mountain, that mountain, that mountain in Jerusalem belongs to the Lord. Others may have put something there, but it belongs to God, and he has established, and his son shall come and build a temple there and rule and reign for a thousand years, called the millennial rule of Christ. And I will sure tell of the decree of the Lord, and he said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. And you shall break them off with the rod of iron, and you shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence, and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are those who take refuge in him. He is coming back soon. He is going to deliver Jerusalem from what we see there today. They're surrounded. They've been oppressed. There's others that have claimed Mount Zion for theirs when it belongs to the Lord. When all the nations come up against, God is coming back. He will pour out his wrath on all of those nations. Guess who will meet him in the air and that will be changed and that will always be with him, his sons. And we will come back as his army. We will always be the army of the Lord, his younger brothers, but the armies of God and the Lamb of God will pour out his wrath and will rule, will rule and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And then at the end, in Revelation, I mean, 1 Corinthians 15 chapter, says that he turns his kingdom over to the Father. That's the last resurrection. I never heard this last resurrection spoken of, but I believe there's a third phase, third resurrection. I will share why I think that later when we get into resurrections. But when he turns the kingdom, the Father comes and makes all things new. All things. Hallelujah. And time stops. There comes a time, there's no more time. I believe that's why I know the Father controls time. Because it says actually there in Revelation when he's hurrying to the day that time stops, that it ends. Guess what? In the millennium, there's a thousand years. Time hasn't stopped. But when God turns the kingdom over to the Father, and the Father makes all things new, universe, the earth, heavens, everything, and, and his tabernacle comes to this new earth, there's no more oceans. I don't name a boat anymore. There's no more oceans. He makes all things new. He, he, he brings us new Jerusalem, which is new. That's not heaven today. You need to understand. Some, we will share all this. I, I hear all these stories, and it's not in the book. I, I live in that book. It's not there. It's, it's what preachers have made up to make something that's, that's amazing and beyond our, even our comprehension to try to make it somehow more understand. I don't know, but it's not real. Some of that stuff people teach and preach is not real. But there is a new Jerusalem. It's 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. by 50, And the Father brings it with him when he establishes his tabernacle on earth, and I believe in new Jerusalem. But it is all new. And guess what? This is the beginning of eternity. 
if there's no, there might be a beginning, but if there's no end, there's no more time. There is no more time. So we, everything that we know today is, is subject to time. And there comes a time, and there will, it will come. But there comes a time that there's no more time. And, and those that, knowing that we all are going to confess and answer for our lives here, we need to understand there comes a day that wherever, whatever your judgment is, that's what it is. It never changes. There's no end. That, that, we don't even comprehend that. Everything that we do is subject to time. There comes a time and the judgment of God is, is forever when there's no more time. Both the judgment for blessing and the judgment for curse. There's both. And whatever, you know, your blessings, these acceptable sacrifices, they're important. We're going to share all this. There's some that even the millennium get ten, rule over ten cities, some five, some whatever, as we rule and reign with Christ from, from the second heaven, I believe, because it's been clear. But, but even as the principalities of air today rule and reign for the God of this world, Satan. But anyway, that's all going to be thrown down to earth. And when Jesus comes, he will absolutely burn it up. He's going to pour out his wrath, and we'll come with him. We, we will not be subject to that wrath because his bride, his church, will be with him when he comes to pour out his wrath. In Acts 33, 13.33, that God has fulfilled this promise to our children that he raised up Jesus, as it was also written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. In verse 20, of Psalms 89. I have found David my servant with my holy oil. I have anointed him. And verse 21, with whom my hand will be established and my arm also will strengthen him and the enemy will not deceive him nor the son of wickedness, but I shall crush the adversaries before him and strike them who hated him. My faithfulness and my loving kindness will be with him and in my name his horn will be exalted. Verse 25, I also set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He will cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will also make his firstborn from the dead, my firstborn from the dead. How many has risen from the dead? Jesus. My firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth, king of kings. Hebrews 5, 6 says, just as he says also in another passage, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. We need to remember Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying, tears to the one who is able to save him from out of death. And he was heard because of his piety. He was able to, he made supplication with loud crying and tears to the one who's able to save him. Jesus suffered, which says right here in verse 8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, have you suffered? He says we will. There's been challenges in life, but we, in those challenges, we get to know the Lord greater. We don't turn away. We turn to. We bow the knee. We incline the ear. We humble ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. And he does. He hears our prayers. He comes. He is our Savior. He's our deliverer. He's our hope. 
He's our peace. He's our life. He's our help. Trust in him or do we turn to man? Oh, doctor, I got an ache. I'll let that go. Lord, forgive us for our lack of faith. But along with that lack of faith, which is called fear, it brings, opens the door for great afflictions when God bore it for us. He, He suffered all these things that we don't have to suffer. We don't have to. He bore our sickness and disease upon his own body. Anyway. Let me read this again. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation, being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. In Revelations 1, 5, and 6, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, this is the one they spoke of in the Old Testament, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. Hallelujah. <laughs> some of those, that, that's where the tattoos got to take care of and some of this other stuff that's worse than that. Thanks be to God for that precious blood that washed away our sins. And he made us to be a kingdom, priests our God. He's made us into a priesthood. And Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Hallelujah. What is that priesthood? After the order of Melchizedek. Remember that. Hebrews 1.1, God, after he spoke long ago. By the way, Hebrews in our book, in our book, is a priestly, the priestly book of, of the New Testament where Leviticus is of the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's Hebrews. So anytime you're mostly talking about priesthood or priests, you're spending a lot of time into Hebrews. And God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, many portions in many ways, verse 2, and these days has spoken to us in his son, has he spoken to you in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, whom also he made the world, and in his radiance of his glory, and the exact representation of his nature. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's what Jesus said. If you've seen me, you do not say you do not, you don't know the Father. If you've seen me, you know the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The exact representation of the Father. And upholds all things by the word of his power. All things. The rod, the name of Jesus. All power and authority in the name of Jesus. The rod of God, the name of Jesus for us. And when he had made purifications of sin, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Verse 16, for by him all things were created both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Does Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our King, our High Priest, does He have first place in everything in our life? It's supposed to. Do we walk, do, do, do we give our mind 
always spiritually led. It's his spirit that's quickened our spirit alive. It allows us to walk in the spirit, to live by the spirit, to have the authority of the spirit, to have the blessings of the spirit, the promise of the spirit. We are sealed as sons and daughters to one day all of us at, at the coming of the Son of God, the day of the Lord, the revealing of the sons, when God restores all things, brings restoration to the earth and to us. I tell my, she gets her maleness back and I get my rib back. We are all made sons of God. Amazing truth. I don't know why. It's from one end of the book to the other. And we'll always be his sons. Neither male nor female. There's neither marrying or giving. There's none of it. It's, it's we all, when the marriage supper of the land, he's not talking about a man and a woman. He's talking about, he says, his church in Jesus Christ. We become one. One, we're transforming his image. Romans 8, the revealing of the sons of God. Romans 8, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. It's beyond what we can comprehend that we will be like him. We'll know as we're known. We'll be a son of God. He will always be the lamb of God. He will always sit at the right hand of the father. Even when he turns all authority back to the father, the lamb of God is sitting there on his throne right beside him. Hallelujah. Glory be to the lamb of God. Zechariah 6.11, take silver and gold and make an ornament crown and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And then say to him, thus says the Lord, behold, a man whose name is Branch, Jesus, and he will branch out from where he is and he will build a temple of the Lord. We are his temple, but he will build another temple. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne for a thousand years. Thus he will be a priest on his throne. He's both king and priest, Melchizedek. And a council of peace will be between two. And I, I have a difference here if you see this on the screen. In, in my translation it says offices, but in the Hebrew here there's no word there. And if you have a council of peace between the two while he's ruling... I don't believe it's offices. We've been talking about the office of, 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 of king and the office of priest, and he's ruling them in both of those. But I believe the council of peace is between the father and the son. During his millennium. He says he, he judges, but he does judge anything except what, what he feels like the father approves. He's the judge, but he judges with the mind of the father. There's a council there between the father and the son. Always. So I believe the judgment that this council of peace actually is the father and son, but it is also true that he is, he, he is both priest and he is both king. So, and, and the New American Standard put offices, and I think some of the others do, but I believe it really in the Hebrew it doesn't say. It says between these two. And it's talking about offices, but it, the two is father and son. I really believe that. And, but that would make more sense, but it really, both are, both are true. Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle, the high priest of our confession. The father, here it says, the father sent his apostle, and he returned the high priest. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed on behalf of men in things pertaining to God in order to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. Every high priest is appointed of God in order that to offer both sacrifices for sin. So you, we can't, we don't have an offering, 
if there's no priest. Thanks be to God, our high priest, the first apostle, the son of God, the Messiah, was Jesus Christ. And now we have this opportunity to make acceptable offers and sacrifices, acceptable sacrifices. This was, I was going to do a whole chapter in that. I think I included it in this, but I don't know that I'll get there. In Hebrews 5, 4, and one, no, no one takes the honor to himself, but receives it when he is called by God, even as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest, but, but he, he who said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Just as he says also in another passage, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. How was he Melchizedek? Because he was both king and priest and he brought his own offering. The other priest. And when he had offered that, he went and sat at the right hand of God. He sat down. It was a one time. It didn't need to be offered again. The priest, the Levitical priest, they offered daily. They stood there all day. They, and someone else brought the offering and they, they stood between them and God and they offered it to God on behalf of them. But they had to keep doing that every day. The sinner kept bringing it. Jesus brought the own sacrifice, his own body, his own blood, his own life for us. He brought it all. His offering was perfectly perfect and completely complete. And so he was able to go sit down at the right hand of God. He did not have to stand there day after day. This was the order. After the order of Melchizedek, he brought his own offering. Melchizedek brought to Abraham both the bread and the wine. He was both king and high priest. In verse 7, it says, In the days of his flesh he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of piety. Verse 8, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from things which he suffered. He learned obedience. The Lord suffered. Yes, he did while he was here. All of us, all of us have to overcome. But it would overcome what? Because of the Father, because of the Spirit, because of the truth because he was the overcomer. He was God. He was the son of God. But when he came here, he came as a man. He was not the second man. He came back the second man. Here, he came as the last Adam, just like us. Came as a man. A, a, a life and a flesh for an flesh. Life for life, eye for eye. It was the law. He offered his self in the flesh as a man. Same pain as you and I, same everything. He was, he was the last Adam. He came back to second man. But he was the son of God, but he emptied himself. I should have this here. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal life, being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. He became our high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, both king and priest, and he brought his own offering. In Hebrews 6, 19, this hope we have as an anchor of our soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, which and one which enters within the veil. This hope we have both sure and steadfast, and the one which enters the veil, where Jesus, the next verse, has entered as a forerunner, we follow, for us, having become the high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In Hebrews 11, it says, now, now faith. Faith is now. We have now faith. 
is the evidence of things seen, the hope for things not seen. So that conviction, our hope. Hope is in the future. Faith is now. And so here we have this hope because of our faith now. We have this hope in the future of a redemption, of salvation, of all these blessings. And, and that when we uh, hope both sure and fast, as a fresh, but when Jesus entered a forerunner, we follow for us having become a high priest forever according to the order. We can follow in that priesthood. We also have become a part of the priesthood of Melchizedek. And I'm kind of building up to this. I'm trying to build up to Romans 12, 1, but we'll get there. That, that we too also have entered into the same priesthood where we ourselves offer ourselves a living sacrifice. That's kind of cool. I'm kind of slipping this in, but let me keep going. In Hebrews 7, 1, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings, blessed him. In verse 2, to whom also Abraham appointed a tenth part of the spoils was first of all by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem. King, that's the city. His name was king of righteousness. Where he was king of was Salem, the king of peace. In verse 3, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest perpetually. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifice. So it is necessary that a high, that this high priest also have something to offer. Hebrews 8, 4. Now, if we were on the earth, we would not be a priest at all since there are those who offer gifts according to the law, who serve a copy of the shadow of heavenly things, just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle, for see, he says, that you make all these things according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. Verse 6, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, by as much as he also, the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises, a better covenant with better promises, all ours, Hebrews 9, 13, For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Jesus Christ, if the blood of goats and bulls did all this, how much more that, that precious, that's, that nefesh in the blood of Christ that we were purchased Acts 20, 20, 28, that we were purchased, we were bought, a purchase by the blood of Jesus, the life of Christ. How much more will the blood of Christ, the life, this righteous, sin-free life of God in Christ, His blood that was poured out for, how much more who through the eternal spirit offered Himself without blemish, without sin, cleanse our conscience for dead, from dead works to serving a living God. Hallelujah. How much more? That precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us, that watches us. The life, an afesh for afesh. The life was exchanged. Our life for his life. He gave it for us that we may have life. He gave his life and paid the price for us. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him then let us continue to offer a sacrifice of praise 
to God. That is the fruit of our lips. And that gift of thanks to his name, praise, thanksgiving. We enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So let's remember to be thankful because we can't even enter the courts until we've been thankful with the, 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 the gates. We enter the gates of the Psalms with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Uh, offering of our body, uh, uh, offering, an acceptable offering. Our thankfulness, our praise, that priest, as a priestly, as a priest of God, I can offer an acceptable sacrifice through thanksgiving and praise, through the bowing of the head, through the, through the prayer, through confession, through proclamation of his word, proclaiming the King of kings, the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I can, through praise and thankfulness, I can offer daily, and I try to remember daily. I try to do more daily. I try to remember at all times, be thankful, and, and, and to, be, to, 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 to not grieve the Spirit that is with me and on me. I've been sealed with His precious Holy Spirit, God Himself. And I, as, as into the priesthood of Melchizedek, not, we're going to keep going. In, in verse 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and that God is able to make all grace, all grace and power of the Spirit abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything. We forget there. We say, oh, God, God is able to make all His Spirit empower me that we may have an abundance in everything. Praise God, I won't be rich. Now let's read the rest of the verse here. Uh, you may have an abundance for every good deed. For those sacrifices, for those deeds, that the widows, this is uh, James 1, 27, which I'm going to minister to you about the widows and orphans in another chapter. And, but, but the deeds, the, the, the undefiled religion is, is ministering to the widows and the orphans, James 1, 27. They, these are acceptable sacrifices. And we've been given an abundance. God has blessed me beyond my wildest imagination that I could be here today and that this is here to be used for his glory, for his word to go forth. And that others and, 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 and these, my brothers, my spiritual brothers here, sons, a lot of them I think they're my sons. I love them very much. That, that they also can participate and reap the reward and the blessing of being a part of God's vision and plan that one day this word, this truth, this light go out, that others may take it and run and be that kingdom of God, not only in their lives, but in their towns, in their villages, in their cities, across the earth. There's a deep darkness, but in that darkness is an opportunity. There's an opportunity to fill the Great Commission. It's, it's happening as I stand with the Internet. We're not only a part of that, but we want to go beyond that. We want to be that light that the Antichrist cannot put out. <laughs> he can't put it out. He stomps on it here. It just pops up over there everywhere. We want these videos. We want the truth. We want you to know him. We want you to know the power of his salvation. We want you to walk in the power of the spirit. I want you to rule with the authority in the name of Jesus. I want you to produce acceptable offerings and sacrifice as a priest of God. We're in a royal priesthood. We not only rule, but we make offerings 
and sacrifice. It needs to be a living sacrifice of our life. And here we finally got there. Uh, it says, therefore, I urge you, brethren. Let me tell you what the therefore is there for. You see a there, you always heard other ministers say, if you see a therefore, know what it is there for. Therefore is the first 11 chapters of Romans, the most unbelievable book. Paul's writings are just, there cannot be a writing, I, I, the whole Bible, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but the two, the uh, revelation of, of salvation in Romans that he wrote by himself, some of the other books, he had, he, there were others with him, but in Romans and, and in Ephesians, the revelation of the Spirit in Ephesians, but the revelation of salvation, righteousness and faith and, and all that. The first eight chapters is amazing. The, the uh, and 9, 10, 11, uh, the sovereignty of God, his faithfulness with, with Israel. It was to the Jew first. God has not forgotten it in the days of the Gentiles. We will, will be fulfilled. But this amazing book that is summed up when we that, that this this whole writing of salvation, of righteousness, of faith, and it summed up there is now no condemnation. You always you remember that when we get into judgment. There is now no condemnation. Eight one, the revealing of the sons of God in chapter eight, and we get to these first eleven chapters. And if you really pay some attention, which took you a year or something. You really, by the time you get to Romans 12, your, your mouth is a gate. Wow. Wow, God. Wow, God. Therefore, the first 11 chapters of Romans, this is where now, and a matter of fact, in 1136, this is kind of summing up some things. Chapter 11, the last verse, it just came to my mind. It's not in my notes. From him, through him, and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. From him, through him, and to him be glory forever. That's the last verse. Before this verse, you know, man divided this up. In the last verse of chapter 11, therefore, chapter 12, therefore, because from him, through him, and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. We are priests. We are priests. What do we present? What is our offering? Our bodies. This body that God has called us to protect, to guard. It is His. He bought it with a price. He formed it. He blew that breath into it. He jealously desired that breath to come alive so he could have his body back. When we're born again, he gets his body, soul, and spirit. It's the old man. We're all his. This is not ours to do as we please with. How, how can you join this with a prostitute, Paul says, and yet think you're part of God? That which you join yourself becomes part of the whole. This body, don't defile your body. It's important. It is this body that's going to be raised. This body. It will be made new, but it's going to be, I believe it's going to be this body. I believe I'll look like this. I'm certainly going to have new powers. I can think and it happens. I, I, I can, I'm going to be, but I'm going to have a body. Christ had a body when he came. He, he's the Lamb of God. 
And he looks like a lamb that has gone through all this stuff. It describes it to us in, in Revelations 4. But he has a body. We have this body. It is purchased. So what do we do with our body? We offer it a living sacrifice. He paid the price. He died. He went into Hades and defeated death, hell, and the grave and overcame and led captivity captive and shut that down. He shut the bosom of Abraham down. He shut Hades down. I'll talk about that, about the judge and judgment. But he went and he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men and now and called us as his priests. To rule as kings, a kingdom of priests. To rule. How? By offering ourselves, this body, not a dead, but a living sacrifice. That we rule, that we allow him to spiritually lead our souls, our minds. That we walk in his steps, not our steps. We have his thoughts, not our thoughts. Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That we walk and live and abide in him because we have been purchased with his precious blood. He paid a price and we belong to him. And listen, we are to offer this body, which also houses this soul and houses this spirit. We are to offer this body to him as a priest, as a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Praise God. He paid that. He did that for us that we now can enter his praise with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and offer him from the fruit of our lips. Oh, Lord God, hallelujah. I can only sing in the spirit. I can't sing normal, but I can sing in the spirit. And I do. I dance before the Lord. I'm by myself most of the time. And I sing to him in his own spirit. And I don't know, my mind is not fruitful, but the Spirit's able to praise and worship. And he'll come down, and I, I end up sometime laying before him. I don't know, just the glory of God. Hallelujah, God's with me. He's in me. He's on me. I have been bought with a price. I belong to him. He abides. I'm his body. I'm his temple. And I make acceptable sacrifices to him, which is an obedience to his word. It's the widows and the orphans. And now that I'm stepping back from ministry after these messages for a while, I will answer questions, which all of these young men and women that God has given me has allowed me to serve as his servant. Two, and, and, and answer their questions. And, and I'm a minister to the widows and the orphans and single moms that have really been on my heart. I got, I got 15 granddaughters. I got seven daughters. I got eight daughters. Eight daughters. Seven. How many I got? I've got, I got two, I got eight daughters. I got, yeah, yeah. I got six, eight. Now, yeah, seven grandsons. That's grandson. I got seven daughters and seven sons. Lord, I got so many children and grandchildren. I get confused. I have to, say, I have to start counting names sometime. That, that takes a while. Hallelujah. That takes a mind of God for me to remember everybody. I mean, it's bad. And I started having to counting off my grandkids' names. And, uh, but God has blessed me beyond my wildest imaginations. But he's called me as his servant, as his priest, to make acceptable offerings and sacrifices. It starts, a wonderful place, it starts with thanksgiving. We enter his praise. And then his courts, his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And praise him, worship him. 
acceptable sacrifice, minister to the orphans, the needy. Anyway, in 12.2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What is good, acceptable, and an acceptable sacrifice. We've been called what? As a priest. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so we should walk in him. Why have we been prepared as his priest? To do priestly works, acceptable sacrifices. And that is our life with, with good deeds and good offerings that we, he has prepared us before for these, for these. He has a purpose and calling on each and every one of us. In Revelations 5.10, you have made them to be a kingdom of priests our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Are you reigning? Are you ministering? Are you worshiping? Are you making sacrifices, acceptable sacrifices, according to the leading of the Spirit and in the Spirit? If you are, you're being blessed. I'm a blessed man. I get to serve my fellow man with, with, in, in a lot of different ways. I delight. I delight in the opportunity to be pleasing to my God, to be acceptable. It was many years of my life I was unacceptable. I can remember all that. I am so thankful for his salvation. Hebrews 3.1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. And uh, Hebrews 6.19, This hope we have as an anchor of our soul. I read that earlier. A hope both sure and fast, steadfast, fast, one that enters within. 620, when Jesus became entered in a forerunner, having become a high priest forever according to order of Melchizedek. I've read that. I, I quoted this one, but I did not read it. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now faith. Now faith. Now it's now. Hope is in the future. Things not seen. We have this hope, this anchor of our soul, our salvation, which gives us a hope this priesthood, this reward that, that, that he has shown us, this adoption, which we've been sealed as sons now spiritually to one day embody in every other way when we're changed to be a son of God. We have this hope, that which is coming, this, this unbelievable, uh, beyond our comprehension, inheritance in Christ, from our father, through his, our elder brother, which happens to be king of kings, Lord of lords, the high priest, my high priest, that I can make acceptable offerings to the Lord God Almighty through my high priest. I can come boldly before the throne of grace and bow. Oh, have mercy. Oh, God. How many times I've entered his courts. <laughs> Not always with praise. Oh, Lord God, have mercy upon me. A wicked man that I am. Who will redeem me from? That's Paul's cry. Who shall redeem me from this? Jesus Christ has. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. I, I thank you, God, 
for, for allowing me not to be me, for the old me to die, that I can be your son, that I can be your teacher. Uh, the priests, I, I, I've shared this, priests always offered what people brought to them. If people did not bring the sacrifice, they had nothing to offer. Two priests brought their own offering. Melchizedek brought the bread and the wine and offered Abraham. Jesus brought the true bread and the true wine, his own body and blood, and offered them on behalf of man. In Genesis 14, 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out the bread and the wine, and now he was a priest of God most high. And in 19, he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham, the God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Hebrews 8, 3, for every priest is appointed to, to offer both gifts and sacrifices, so it's necessary that a high priest also offer something, have something to offer. For if the blood of goats and, and bulls and of ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctified for cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, through whom the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our consciousness and dead works, to serve a living God, to serve a living God. Remember that, to serve a living. We've been redeemed. We've been, he did it so we could serve a living God. And we can serve him in our lives as a living, as a living priest. And, uh, and uh, let us through him, uh, let us continue to offer up a sacrifice, a praise to God that is the fruit of our lips and give thanks to his name. And do not, neg- do not neglect doing good and sharing for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Do not neglect with sharing. Which says, if, if your brother has need, you know the stories. Y'all know the parables. If, if you, how can you say you love God if, you, if your brother has has lack and you, you don't share? Anyway, uh, in Second Corinthians nine eight, and God is able for make all abundance. We read that for every good deed. First Peter two five. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for the holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. This went along with Revelations 12.1. Let, therefore, let us now, what? Offer ourselves a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. And as a living stone in Peter, which makes up the house of God, the temple of God, we're one of those living stones, a living stone. We're his body. A live, we're, the, we're the body of Christ, and we're a living, living temple, a living body. And, and you also, as living sons, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We know the widows and orphans, pure and undefiled religion. And Jane, we know. Worship, praise, intercession, prayer. We, we know these are acceptable sacrifices. I think you kind of know in your life where you can serve and where you should be serving and where he's called us. And not to is disobedience. If, it, if it's all about ourselves, you have totally missed the whole whole deal. It's more, we, we get blessed. We give and it's given unto us. As, as we give out, God gives in. It not only is fresh, but it, it seems to get more and more and more. Exodus 19, 5, And now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments, then you shall be my possession among the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Are these are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. 
Okay, before redemption, Israel were slaves. Afterwards, God's intentions were to make them kings. I think that's where we're at. We're in this kingdom of priests. We're both priests and that. We are supposed to rule, but for, for his purpose, his benefit, to overcome the works of darkness by the works of light. Um, sacrifice of body, lips, the service of priests, rule by prayer. Uh, Hebrews 12, 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of a living God, heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels. Verse 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, Jesus, are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits righteous and made perfect, and Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to sprinkle the blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. He said, Abel cried from the land. I tell you, the blood of Jesus cries much louder. Uh, I told you about this, and uh, Jesus offered and sat down, and I've read Psalms 110 to you, so I'm going to jump on down to Romans 17 and just kind of sum it up. It says, For if by the transgression of one, death reigned through the one much more, who received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, will reign and rule through this Jesus Christ. If we're reigning and ruling and we receive this abundance of grace, how are we reigning and ruling? We are defeating the works of the enemy. We are reigning over darkness. We're overcoming the need by helping the needy. We're overcoming the the downtrodden by lifting them up. We're overcoming the hunger by, by feeding. These are acceptable offerings, and this is how we overcome. Romans 1, 1, and 2, and 3, and so on. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures concerning the Son who was born, a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the Spirit of holiness in Jesus Christ our Lord. Declared the Son of God with power, resurrect according. That's how he was, he was uh, in verse 5. And from Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us, released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us to be a kingdom of priests, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. In Psalms 110.3, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your army, your power, in the holy array, in the womb of the dawn, your your youth are to be as the dew. When it says, uh, I believe Isaiah 60, when this light shall arise, it says your your sons and daughters will come from afar. And I believe about verse 5. But anyway, it's, it, it's this light, this last day, the youth, the youth, I believe God is going to reach out to these young people that have been so trodden down. In Romans 8, 28, for we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. We were called for such a time as this. If you're still listening to this long teaching, and it's kind of been all over the place, but it's about us, you, I, being God's priests, being kings, and authority he has given us, but by ministering on his behalf, acceptable sacrifices and offerings to him by serving our fellow man. He has called us. He has equipped us. 
He's empowered us to be his servant, to be his priests, to be his teachers, to be his evangelists, to be his apostles. All of the gifts of the Spirit, he has equipped the body of Christ is for you. Take and eat is for you that you may go share with others, that you may be multiplied, that you may be blessed, not for to get fat or do this, is to go and share with others. Lord has blessed me. There comes a time it just cup running is over. And, 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 and just thank you, Lord. But you know, it can be. With all of that comes responsibility. And I know that. It, it's not, wasn't given me just, just for me. It was given to me to be able to share with others, to help others. And in this, to help you understand this precious calling that we have upon our lives to be his priests, to rule and reign in this darkness through the, his light for him, not for us, to bring people to him, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, our high priest. Mark 16, 18. And I, know, I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this Petra, I will build my church and Hades will not overpower it, Petros. Therefore, do not. That's the rock bed. It's not. It's upon Jesus. The rock bed, not not the small stone. Petra and Petros, total different meaning. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction, there will be affliction, is producing us internal weight of glory far beyond all concern. Everybody wants to be glorified with the Lord. There is a weight of glory. The more glory that you receive from God, the heavier the weight. If you want, if you, he comes back in triple glory. When I share Isaiah 24 with you, I'll share Luke 9, 21, I believe, about triple glory. He comes in the glory of the Father, uh, his own glory, and the glory of the angels all at one time. You're talking about a, a light being, being lit up. Christ comes in all of that glory, all of that weight, all of that weight. It would crush anybody else except the Son of God. All of that weight of glory. You have to, if you want to receive glory, you better have, you better be called of God to bear or it will crush you. It will crush you. There's a weight of glory and you need supernatural strength to be able to sustain whatever God is willing to entrust with you. You don't do that through humility. God gives greater grace, greater empowerment in our own humility. He can trust us with more of His glory. Because we won't, we'll use it for him and share it and use it to set others free and to bring salvation into their lives. There's a weight of glory. You cry, oh, Lord, let me experience it. That glory will, will crush you. There's a weight of glory. Hebrews 12, 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of a living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to a near company of angels. Hallelujah. To a, to a general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood sprinkling of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. Psalms 102.13, you will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to be gracious to her, Let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There's a blessing in that, Psalms 122, but we don't pray just for the blessing, even though we all need blessings. We need to be praying daily for Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem, that reeling about Israel. 
pray. It, it, all of this is happening. They need our prayers. They, they've got some stuff to go through yet. The whole world does. They won't leave. It, it, nobody's going to miss. There are some difficult times ahead. We think we just pass it, just a birth thing. This war thing, the wars. Wars are horrific. The, these countries now, even the small countries, have got these mass destruction stuff. That, the wars that, that look like is building because the arrogance of man, one wanting to dominate, dominate, to be, be king. We're already kings. We're already priests. Hallelujah. We're gods. We will be kings. We will rule and reign with him. We, we, we're his priests. Hallelujah. Psalms 102.40, Surely your servants find pleasure in, in her stones and feel pity for her dust. That's Jerusalem. So the nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. They will bow. For the Lord has built up Zion. He has appeared in his glory. He is coming. He has regarded the prayer of the destitute and not despised their prayers. In verse 18, This will be written for generation to come that a people yet to be created my praise and glory. We are that people. We need to declare and create the praise of his glory that our brothers as Jews may see and they too become jealous. We haven't made them jealous. Make them jealous. They are returning. There's a move in Jerusalem by the thousands now. It used to be by a trickle. There is a move coming back to their Messiah. And it's exciting because it's just a day. We look, if you want to keep your eyes on the Middle East, it's like a calendar. But we see all this reeling that's going on. Psalms 110, 1, And the Lord said to my Lord, said at my right hand, till I make your enemies a footstool. And the Lord shall send forth the strength wrought out of Zion, ruling amidst your enemies. I think we have already read this, that, that uh, shall be volunteers in the day of your power, your youth, thy people, your people, and the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have have them like the dew of your your youth. Isaiah repeats that in chapter 60. Uh, in one, verse 4, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to order of Melchizedek. Hebrews seven eleven. Now if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, and this is important, for on the basis of it, the people receive the law, and further need, there are another priest to rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not designated under the order of Aaron. Now, who is that people that are to rise according to the order of Melchizedek? That's us. For when the priesthood is changed, and it's been changed, of necessity there takes a place of a changed law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one officiated at the altar. It has been one now. <laughs> For in the evidence that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. And this is clear still if another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a law of a physical requirement. Now listen to this. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. We there's one, there's a new priesthood, there's a new priest, and there's a new law. If, if, there was a, if there's a new priesthood, it says it necessitates that there is a new, new law, new covenant. And this new law, this new covenant, 
is not one based upon a physical requirement. With the law of Levi, they, there was always somebody had to do something. But listen, but according to the power of an indestructible life, according to the power of an indestructible life, our priesthood of Melchizedek, where we offer ourselves, we bring our own offering, a living sacrifice. All of this is based upon a new covenant, one of obedience under righteousness. is faith. Obedience is faith. Faith is not faith if, it's, if we don't walk in obedience. It's obedience under righteousness. Obedience. What? For an indestructible life and this newness of this life, it is for eternity. We are quickened alive to stay and remain sons of God for eternity. This is an it's not based on a law of requirement, but an indestructible life. He bore my sicknesses. He bore my diseases. He, he made me acceptable to God. All of the divine exchange. He, he became poor that I can be blessed. I can have enough to do good deeds. This indestructible life. Are you walking in this new covenant, in this new priesthood of Melchizedek? where he was able to bring both his bread and wine, bless king and priest. We've been called as a priest after the order of Melchizedek, both as kings to rule and as priests to offer acceptable sacrifices. And this whole new law is not based upon a physical requirement but based upon a relationship, a life of God in me, with me, on an indestructible life. You need to get a hold of that. Where is there fear? Well, God, is it me? I shall live forever, whether I, I'm here or with him. I'm eternal. I'm already eternal. I, I, I was aware of that, I think, sometime, but it was there was an eternal that wasn't with him. But he came. And now my life is, is based upon this new covenant, this new law that's based upon an indestructible life. I, I just, I love that. That's exciting to me. I don't know why people choose to be under that old covenant that brings death and sickness and disease and, and poverty. In 13.8, Romans, it says, uh, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this you shall love, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summoned up and saying, you shall love your neighbors yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is fulfillment of the law. Love is fulfillment of the law. Love is fulfillment of the law. Well, it's not what it's love. Love is fulfillment of the law. Do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from the sleep. For now, salvation is nearest than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. This, this scripture here, uh, I want you, I go back to verse 10. This is, I always say, do this knowing the day. But I never started back in verse 9 or 8. Is about that that the love is the fulfillment of the law. 
we're not under this law of Levi. We're under this law of love. This, this one with undestructible why. And, and do this no other time. And then verse 12, it says, The night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not carousing with drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity, sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. I want you to know that today, let's put Christ on. Let's allow love. Jesus said this, Deuteronomy 6, 8, it's a shema in the Jews. It says, for the Lord thy God is one God. Uh, he's, he, he's made us body. Uh, the Lord, uh, he's one God. Anyway, I won't, even, I, I won't not try to quote verse, it's Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. My mind went break, which means I need to get back here and not start chasing rabbits this late in the day. But anyway, this, this law that we're now is based upon an indestructible life. It's not about the old law. It, it is, we're his, we're bought with a price. We're now his priests. We're his kings. He's given us all, he's given us a rod in the name of Jesus. Let us rule over darkness, over disease, over these demons, over all of this that has came to rob, kill, and to steal. He came that we may have life and that we may have this indestructible life with this new priesthood. The one who Jesus Christ is now our high priest. And today, Lord Jesus, I offer praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I praise you, I worship you, and I encourage all my brothers and sisters to learn to bow before the Lord and worship Him and experience this indestructible life we have in this new covenant, this new priesthood, where we now can offer acceptable sacrifices unto our Father. In Jesus' name, amen.